Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. And I want to thank Charles and Patricia for sending along one-time donations through support.greatdetectives.net. You can also donate with the Zelle app to Box13 at greatdetectives.net. And I also want to thank those who have mailed in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 1591315. 13, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And thank you to David, Patricia, and Barbara for supporting the show that way. And you can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, we've reached a point uh, in our series of Box 13 where we're not going to be giving you dates anymore just because... Uh, they really would not uh, mean anything from here. Uh, in this case, the dates we've been providing you heretofore uh, have been uh, from the Digital Delhi FTP's log, where they were able to find a newspaper in Amarillo that listed each individual episode of Box 13 as it aired for the first 27 weeks. And then he couldn't find any more after that. The rest of the series, it's got really scattered uh, uh, newspaper clippings. And this is one of those challenges with uh, syndicated uh, radio programs. Uh, And it's very different, you know, in a way from what I experienced with first-run syndication when I was uh, growing up. Syndicated programs for that first-run syndication, tended to run, you know, pretty much the same week, at least for that initial run. Now, whether it was Star Trek The Next Generation or Earth Final Conflict, you know, it would have its own time slot, uh, but, you know, you kind of know within a few days. The way it worked in the radio world uh, during the golden age of radio is you would sell a package to... Uh, stations, and they might buy 26 episodes, they might buy all, you know, 52. And so it's harder to track down uh, what the first air date is on a lot of these episodes. You know, and even with the dates we provided, those are the earliest that we can find. Somebody could find, you know, newspaper logs from earlier in 1947 from some of these episodes, and it wouldn't surprise me. But I'm pretty certain that all of these episodes would have aired sometime during 1948. The big reason for that is that uh, some of them, you can find newspaper uh, logs for a lot of these episodes that will come after, And it wasn't typical where you say, you know, you'd make 39 episodes and then you would, you know, go and make 13 more. There's not the sort of change, you know, that would be indicated. So all of that to say up front, from here on out, we're just saying that um, these episodes originally aired sometime in uh, 19... 
48. Okay, so all that to go ahead and uh, bring you today's episode, Hare and Hounds. Box 13, with the star of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. You idiot, you fool, you let him get away. I did not, worker. What could I do? He was in the post office. Did he have the envelopes? Of course he did. He sent them to someone. Sent them? And he's got away. Oh, Staley, you are an idiot. No, not quite. Look, I've got a blotter. Well, what good's that? Look, in the mirror. What he wrote on the envelope was on the blotter. Hmm. Well, at least you use your head. I'll see if we can read it. Box 13, care of Star Times. Box 13, Star Times. There's no Star Times in this city. Ah, but there is in the city he sent his letter to. You're right. Well, we'll find him later. But first, I think I can get what we want from this Box 13. And now, back to Box 13 and Dan Holliday's newest adventure, Hare and Hounds. Okay, I'll see you later then. So long. Hello, Mr. Holliday. Oh, hiya, Susie. Got the mail? Uh-huh. And I... What do you got there? Eight nice new counterfeit $5 bills. How'd you get them? Well, you see, I had my eyes closed when they were passed on to me. I'm turning them over later to the police. Hmm. How about the mail? Oh, here. And you know, Mr. Holliday, I had the funniest feeling while I was coming back here at the office from the Star Times. What do you mean? I... I had a kind of demolition. You mean you blew your top? Huh? <laughs> what do you mean, demolition? You know, like like when you think something's happening or going to happen. Oh, premonition. I had it. Well, why? I-, I felt like I was being followed. I felt eyes looking at me when I was in the Star Times getting the mail. <laughs> and you were followed? It felt like it. Okay, that makes you a big girl now. Let's have the mail, huh? Yes, sir. Twelve letters. Oh, slim pickings. It was such a funny feeling. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, look here. An out-of-town letter. I know. I thought... Oh! A little nervous this morning, Susie. Uh, I guess so. Come in. Oh, uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, may I come in? Oh, please do. I hope this is not too much of an intrusion, but I... <laughs> may I do something for you? Well, Maybe. Is this your advertisement in the Star Times? Adventure Wanted will go any place to anything, Box 13? That's right. So you are Box 13? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I had a different picture of you, Mr... Uh, Mr... Uh... Holiday. Dan Holiday. Oh, my name is Worker, Thomas Worker. <gasps> oh, I saw you at the Star Times. You were the one who was looking at me. Yes, I guess I was. You followed me. It was charming work. A- and you... Oh... Thank you. May I ask why you followed my secretary, Mr. Worker? A curiosity. You see, I've been noticing your ad for weeks now. It runs day after day. But naturally, I wanted to see you, uh, what you look like, and, and why you put the ad in the paper. Oh, is that all? Yes, that's all. <laughs> Foolish? Mm, no. Tell me, Mr. Holliday, do you get the adventure you advertise for? Sometimes. 
you receive many replies to your ad? Usually, yes. But you cannot follow them all. Well, no. Do you have any particular reason for asking all these questions, Mr. Worker? <laughs> no, but I lead such a prosaic life myself that your ad intrigued me. I, I finally got up enough courage to go to the Star Times and wait for someone to collect the mail from Box 13. I see. And now that you've found me... I... Well, perhaps you'd care to have dinner with me some evening and, and tell me some of your adventures. Oh, I'd like to hear them very much. I... I'm very lonely and... and... All right, Mr. Worker. I'd be glad to. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, now I must be going. Sorry to have troubled you. And I, I hope I didn't frighten you, young lady. Oh, no. It was kind of fun. Oh, oh my umbrella... <laughs> One can never tell when it might rain. Well, good day, Mr. Holiday, and thank you so much. Don't bother to get up. I'll look you up in the phone book and call you. Please do. Goodbye. What a nice man. Uh-huh. Funny old duck. Well, let's open the mail, Susie, and... Hey. Huh? What's the matter? Where's that letter from out of town? It's right on top of the pile where you put it. But it's not a... a... What's the matter, Mr. Holiday? He's gone. What do you mean? Sure he's gone, and... And that letter went with him. <gasps> he... he took it. His umbrella was on top of the pile. Oh, what a nice old man. Gee, he stole a letter. Yeah, and something tells me, Susie, that Mr. Worker will never invite me to have that dinner with him. Sure, Worker took the letter. But why? What was in it? Why was it so important, and who sent it? Well, I kept asking myself those questions, and then three days after that little visit from worker, Susie came bursting into the office. Oh, Mr. Holliday, look. Here, here's another letter from the same place. I, I mean, it looks like the same handwriting. Yeah, it does. Hey, Susie. Huh? You weren't followed this time, were you? Uh-uh. I made sure. Oh, good. What's it say, Mr. Holliday? Listen. Three days ago, I sent you a letter containing a sealed envelope. It contained half of something which is very important to me. It was imperative that I get rid of it until I could get to safety. Gee. I'm all right now, so send the sealed envelope to 243 Marlowe Avenue, Bridgeport. Arthur Holmes. Now what are you going to do, Mr. Holliday? Do? Well, I can't send him the envelope because I haven't got it. And I can't find Mr. Worker because I've got a sneaking hunch that he'll be a little scarce. Maybe you better write to Mr. Holmes. Oh, no, Susie. This looks too good to be handled by a letter. I'm going to find out a few things by seeing Mr. Holmes in person. I went to Bridgeport, found 243 Marlowe Avenue. It was an apartment house. There was no clerk at the desk, but there was a tier of mailboxes. One of them belonged to Arthur Holmes in apartment 6B. So, a couple of minutes later... Mr. Holmes? Oh, Mr. Holmes? I tried the door. It wasn't locked. The apartment was dark. I was fumbling for the light switch when... I say I was fresh as a daisy after that thump on my head. I'd never get to be the father of my country. I was lying on the floor. The room was still dark except for a flashing light that came from a store sign across the street. I lay there for a minute to give the room a little time to stop spinning. Then 
and I realized I was holding something in my hand. And from where I lay, it felt like a gun. I was just crawling to my feet when... Mr. Holmes, hmm. I've come with the fresh towels. Mr. Holmes! I wanted to clear up a lot more before anyone found me. I ducked behind the door and waited. Mr. Holmes? Why did she scream? Well, who wouldn't? The room was a shambles. Someone had searched it. And lying on the bed in an alcove was a man who certainly would have no further interest in me. Or anything else. There was a hole in his forehead. And I was sure I held the gun that put it there. Sure, I was innocent. But I'd have a hard time proving that. Figure it out. I received the letter from Holmes. Instead of writing, I went to him. I didn't wait for the clerk in the building to call up first. I got behind the door when the cleaning woman came in. Yeah, maybe I should have gone to the police right away. But I was innocent. And I wanted to learn a bit more. Besides, the cleaning woman reported the murder. So a half hour later, I was drinking a cup of coffee in an all-night hamburger that stand. That up the late news for tonight. The next edition of the new... Oh, just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. We have a last-minute flash. A murder was committed tonight in the Roxmore Apartments. Police are looking for a man who answers this description. Medium height, light hair, wearing dark gray flannel suit, blue and white striped necktie, black shoes, carrying light tan topcoat. The description of the wanted man was given to the police by the clerk, who remembers this man asking for the apartment of the murdered man, Arthur Holmes. And that's all for tonight. The next edition of the news... Hmm. Another murder. Hear it, mister? Yeah. Getting so a person can't feel safe no more. You're so right. More coffee? No, no thanks, no thanks. Pie, cake? Nothing, thank you. Eh, they ought to get that guy that done it pretty soon. You think so? Sure. He ain't gonna get far. Well, every cop in the city will be looking for a guy wearing a gray suit with blue and white. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, okay, here's your dime. Yeah, thanks. What's the matter? You... Don't say it. What are you going to do? Walk out of here. Sure, sure. You stay right where you are and you won't get hurt. Just keep talking to me. Mister, I ain't got nothing to say. Then don't say it. Sure, sure. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I didn't kill that man. Well, I ain't said you did. The police said it. They could be wrong. Sure, they could be wrong. Yeah, that's right. Now stay right where you are. Don't say a word to either of the other two in here until I'm out of sight. Understand? Sure, sure. Good night, mister. Come again. Hey, taxi! Taxi! Know where the park is? Yeah, sure. We'll drive to it fast. Yeah. What's all that noise about? I haven't the least idea. Park, huh? Okay. I'd sure like to know what all that noise was about. Well, they're playing a game. Huh? Mm-hmm, sure. Heron Hounds. Ever hear of it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I played it when I was a kid. Huh. Then I've got news for you. It's no longer a kid's game. Mistake number two for smart boy Holiday. Another notch against me. I ran from the hamburger stand. Well, that would look bad. But I've got one bad fault among others. I'm, I'm very curious. And I was so curious to know how and why the clerk at the apartment house identified me when he didn't even see me. But if somebody paid him off to enlarge this beautiful frame around my neck, well, we'd see. 
Hey, uh, mister, I, I've been thinking. Ain't that hare and hounds game a little young for grown-ups? I told you it wasn't a kid's game anymore. The whole world's gone nuts. We agree. Say, uh, pull up here, will you? I thought you wanted to go to the park. It's dark there. Huh? Well, it's dark all over. It gets that way at night, mister. Maybe you've got something there. Oh, pull up here by the duck so. Here you are. Keep the chains. Hey, a fiver. Well, thanks, buddy. Now, don't mention it. I won't. Not even to the missus. When the cab drove away, I then went into the drugstore to the phone booth. I looked up the Roxmore apartments in the book and dialed the number. Is Eddie there? Eddie. He's the clerk there, isn't he? Who? Charlie. Charlie who? Madison? No, Eddie's the clerk there. I... Okay, okay, keep you, Charlie. Madison? Madison? Charles Madison. There were three Charles Madisons in the book. Okay. Maybe one of the three was the one I wanted. I left the drugstore and went back out of the street. And as I did, the cab I just got out of drove up. Hey, you! Hey, you, wait a minute! Well, this was it. Hey, you! So, you want to play hare and hounds too, huh? Well, I'm sorry, but I warned you. Now, wait a minute. It's no longer a kid's game, not the way I planned. Another Box 13 adventure with Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Well, well. I was adding black marks against my name faster than I could explain them away. And I knew the police would be listening in on the Roxmore switchboard. I hope my act had worked. Now all I had to do was find the right Charlie Madison and get his story. An hour and a half and two Charlie Madisons later. Uh-huh, I'm Charlie Madison. Clerk at the Roxmore? Yeah, Why? I'm... I'm a writer. I'd like to get your story. Oh, sure, sure. Come on in. You're married, Mr. Madison? No. You live alone? Sure, sure. Swell. Uh, get your coat and hat, Charlie. Uh, what for? I'll feel safer out on the street, uh, away from here. I don't get it. Don't you recognize me, Charlie? What are you giving me? I never saw you before in my life. For a guy who never saw me before in his life, you give a pretty accurate description to the police. You... You're... Yeah. Yeah, I am. Help! Now listen, Charlie. You're not going to get hurt if you play good boy. Don't try another yell. You're breaking my arm. Mm-hmm. One more peep out of you and I'll work my way up to your neck. What do you want from me? Information. Now, come on. I want to be out of here when the police arrive. Let's go, Charlie. I'm right behind you. And I've got a gun. Sure, sure. Is there a back way out of here? Turn, turn to the right. What does this alley lead to? To the street. Then we go the other way. Oh, 
Listen, I... Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe you ain't the guy I saw. I know that, Sally. There are other things. All right, stop here. It's dark enough. What are you going to do? Nothing. You're going to talk. Now, what do you know about Holmes? Nothing. You only lived at the Rocksmore two days. Just moved in? Yeah. Now, who paid you to identify me? Nobody. No? <laughs> who paid you? I don't know who he was. Was his name Worker? I don't know. Honest. I don't know. Was his short, gray hair, little mustache? Yeah. His name's Worker, isn't it? I don't know his name. I guess you don't. But he paid you to say that you saw me go into the Holmes apartment, huh? I... Uh... Hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let me go. Oh, no, Charlie. We've got work to do. Where's the nearest payphone? Down the street on the corner. Okay, I'll furnish the nickel and you furnish the talk. I don't get it. What do you want me to do now? Help me smoke this work out into the open. What for? I told you, Charlie. I didn't kill Holmes. But I'd have a tough time making anyone believe that after the ring around the rosy I played tonight. Work is the boy I want. Now get moving. Now remember what you're going to say, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, sure. The police will trace this call. Don't let them make you repeat anything. It's a trick to hold you here until they can trace where this call comes from. Just say what I... Shh, shh. Hello, police. This is Charles Madison. Listen, there's something else I didn't tell you. There's another man in the Holmes murder, and... I said there's... Don't repeat. Keep talking. Look for a man below medium height. Gray hair. Little mustache. I, I don't know his name. But he carries an umbrella and he wears glasses. That's all. What? Hang up. Well, he didn't hear the last part. He heard it all right. Let's get out of here. Can I go home now? Oh, no, Charlie. I'm beginning to be real fond of you. What are you going to do now? Uh, you like taxi cabs, Charlie? Huh? We're going to ride in one cab after another till the morning papers come out. What for? The papers will carry the latest in the Holmes murder including your description of the mysterious little man with gray hair, whose name is Worker. But, but Worker will come after me. Ah, now you're beginning to be bright about the whole thing. you kill me. Yes, like he did Holmes. Oh, you won't let him. You've got to let me go. You know, Charlie, I can't seem to work up a flood of tears for you. You framed me for money. I wouldn't have had a chance if the cleaning woman had seen me in Holmes' apartment with this gun in my hand. Well, I, I'll say I lied. Think a minute, Charlie. If you do that, it'll make you an accessory after the fact. What's that mean? Simply that the police would hold you equally as guilty as worker. Or me. Well, then what'll I do? You know, Charlie, I'm a very curious-minded person. I could go to the police. But I'd rather play it through my way. Smoke worker out in the open and see what this is all about. But How? Well, as long as Worker knows you can identify him, he'll try to find you. Get you. But if you don't go to the police, he'll know you're around somewhere, Charlie. By the way, Charlie, how does it feel to be another hare in the game? All right, pull up here, driver. 
Come on, Charlie. You tired of writing? It's almost day. Yeah. A stack of morning papers on the corner. Here you are, driver. Keep the change. Charlie, there's nothing gloomier than a city just before dawn. Hmm. I'll get one of those papers. Well, where are we going then? Who knows? I've seen the whole city. Go on, get the paper. They're tied up. Untie them. Yeah. There you are. Did you leave a nickel? Huh? You have a dishonest streak in you, Charlie. Come on, leave a nickel for the paper. All right, down this alley. Okay, in this doorway. Now we'll see what the papers have to say. Well, you're in, Charlie. Listen. Mysterious disappearance of Charles Madison has led the police to suspect foul play. See, Charlie? What else does it say? Uh, oh, here it is. Madison called the police late last night with another tip in the murder of Arthur Holmes. Madison volunteered the description of another man whose name he said he did not know. Meanwhile, police revealed Holmes... What's the matter? Why'd you stop? Meanwhile, police revealed Holmes' real name to be Albert Henning, former draftsman at the Bull Mill Aircraft Company. Henning disappeared over a week ago, and executives of the aircraft company stated that Henning was suspected of having taken micro-photographs of plans for the Navy's new twin-jet fighter. He, he was a spy. Uh-huh. And that's what he sent to Box 13. He didn't want to be caught with the photographs on him, so he used me as a hideout until he could send for them. I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is we got to go to the police now. You're so right, Charlie. You're so right. Come on, I'm through playing games. This has grown a little bigger than Box 13. Both of you. Stay where you are. It's him. It's, it's Worker. Yeah. Uh, don't try to use your gun, Mr. Holliday. It's not my gun. It's yours. The one you killed Henning or Holmes with. That's right. How'd you find us? Simple. You see, uh, Mr. Holliday, when I heard over the radio that you had escaped from Holmes' apartment, I was a little worried. I knew you'd read or heard about this fool giving your description. I thought you might go to him and perhaps to the police. Yes, as I should have in the first place. That's right, but you didn't. <laughs> I'm glad you like adventure. So, I watched Madison's place, and I've been following you all night to see what you were going to do. And now? <laughs> do you want to guess? No. <laughs> you made it perfect for me. As perfect as Henning did when he double-crossed us and tried to sell those photographs for a higher price. Perfect for you? Yes. Think of this. Here you are in an alleyway with the only man who identified you as the murderer of Mr. Holmes. Now, you still have the gun, and I'll take it. Be careful how you hand it to me. Please hurry. Ah, thank you. Now, I shoot Mr. Madison first, and then you. And how does it look? Pretty smart, but it looks as though... It's my idea. Let me tell it. There was a struggle, shooting, and both of you are dead. Oh, it has flaws, but not glaring ones. Don't, don't. I'll, I'll swear I lied to the police, Mr. Worker. I'll say, Holiday killed Holmes. Honest, I will. Oh? <laughs> Better still. I will give you this gun, Madison, and you will shoot Holiday while I stand in back of you. And then you will go to the police and say you got the gun away from him when he was going to kill you. Here. Now, 
Once you kill our friend, Mr. Holliday, you will be a murderer, and you will have to keep your mouth shut. So go ahead, Mr. Madison. Pull the trigger. Go on, pull it. Don't do it, Madison. Don't do it. Worker can't make two shootings look right. Either you pull the trigger, Madison, or I do. It's a little better to live than to die. Hurry, you idiot! I... You won't kill me? No, no. There would be no need for it unless you talk and you won't. Madison, don't. Hey, you down there. Who's... It's the police. Hit the ground, Madison. Fast. You stop. All right, you asked for it. Nice shooting, officer. Very nice. All right, you two. Get up off the ground. And believe me, I'm very happy to be able to do just that. What's the matter with the other guy? Hmm? <laughs> Nothing. Things are a little too much for him. He passed out. Hey, that's a guy, officer. That's a guy. Okay, okay, you guys stand back. All right. Officer, what kept you? Are you kidding? We've been tracing you all night. One taxi driver after another, one cab after another. You think you're going to get away with passing those phony fives all over town? That's right. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's why I passed them out. What? You know, officer, you have a very efficient police force. Oh, uh, thanks, boys. You mean you, you gave out them phony fins on purpose? Uh-huh. A very definite purpose. I don't get it. You think it's funny, huh? Well, see how hard you can laugh at headquarters. Officer, I've never been so happy to be arrested. And boys, yeah? I'll match every phony five with a good ten. Come on, let's go. Hello, Susie. Mr. Holliday. Gee, where are you? I was worried. You were worried? Now listen, Susie, I'm in jail. Yes, sir. You're what? Yeah, get, get hold of Lieutenant Kling. Tell him I've got to talk to him. But why are you in jail? That's a long story, Susie. I'll tell you all about it when I get back. But technically, the charge is passing counterfeit money. Mr. Holliday, you should be ashamed of yourself. All you had to do was open a charge account. Oh, no. Good night, Susie. <laughs> Next week, same time, through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd stars as Dan Holliday in Box 13. Box 13 is directed by Richard Sandville, with an original story by Russell Hughes. Original music is composed and conducted by Rudy Schrager. The part of Susie is played by Sylvia Picker. Production is supervised by Vern Carstensen. Box 13 is a Mayfair production from Hollywood. Watch for Alan Ladd in his latest Paramount picture. Welcome back. Well, some episodes of Box 13 show the gentle kind side of Dan Holliday. And then there are some episodes of Box 13 that remind you he is not a man that you want to mess with. And that's really the case with this one. As he really does get to show some more of the tough guy stuff that he was uh, very well known for. Uh, in Hollywood, and handles himself, you know, rather well. Uh, the whole setup with the counterfeit 
uh, money was, I think, a clever bit of writing. It wasn't particularly realistic that he would, you know, forget about that. Because, you know, if I had some, you know, counterfeit money that needed to be changed, I would really take care of that as a matter of priority. Uh, but he set up, uh, you know, that he had it. And then we got paid off later with realizing the relevance of the plot. It really did take me by surprise. Uh, the first time I heard this episode. Hare and Hounds is not something that people talk about in terms of a game, you know, in modern America. And uh, it actually does have its origin in uh, Britain, where uh, there would be uh, this uh, practice uh, where uh, someone would uh, run out and be the hare, and they would put... Uh, bits of paper down uh, that the hunters would follow. And essentially following the bits of paper uh, would, it was meant to teach them hunting skills and how to follow uh, a trail. Uh, it was also known as Paper Chase, which would have been an appropriate title for this episode, but may have given away a little bit more than the writer was wanting. Listener comments and feedback now. First from David. Uh, thanks for sharing all the old detective shows. I started with Johnny Dollar last year. Um, my first podcast experience. I'll listen to yours truly, Johnny Dollar, on WAMU in DC on Sunday nights for years. Uh, then I moved. Uh, so I started with Johnny Dollar. Uh, then last fall got into Dragnet and this winter your old time radio colleagues Gunsmoke. I prefer your shows because uh, you offer some commentary and background. Now I'm exploring your other detective shows. Well, thank you very much. And uh, then uh, there's uh, this from uh, Barb, uh, who writes, Hi, Adam. Thanks for all the joy uh, you bring to us. Well, thank you so much. I also want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day, Thank you to James, Patreon supporter since February, currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $2 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support. Well, join us back here tomorrow for our last episode of It's a Crime, Mr. Collins. Uh, and then uh, next Monday, we'll be with you with another episode of Box 13. And then uh, next Tuesday, we'll be bringing you a previously unplayed episode of the Casebook of Gregory Hood. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.